Hi everybody, this is Colin. And my name is Javen. And this is episode 10 of the Abstract Podcast, where we talk about ideas that matter. Lately, we've had a lot of guests on the show, and we've um, been doing some cool things that we hope you have enjoyed. Um, but today, we're just going to record a conversation between Javen and I. So, Javen, how you been? And I've been, I've been good. Uh, it's just been more, another week of coronavirus type life. I feel like we're getting to do more and more. Mm-hmm. Kind of, um, yeah, let's see. Last night we were doing some premarital counseling up in, up towards Greer. So, so sometimes it just feels good to get out of the house and go somewhere. Yeah. And then on the way back, we got, um, we stopped at a taco truck that we seen in the parking lot. And so it was kind of like eating out, even though we ate in our car. Yeah. So we got some tacos and then we had a Jack in the Box coupon. So after tacos, we went to Jack in the Box and got two burgers, which were like underwhelming in every way. They were not good, but it was, it was fun. That sounds scintillating. <laughs> yeah. How so about burgers, you? What's that? Yeah, no, I'm just been kind of up to normal stuff. I actually feel kind of, I feel weird saying it, but I actually felt like a little bit busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just up to work and try to finish out the school semester and then get ready for the baby coming soon. So that's here. Yeah, it's, and, uh, I'm going to say June. Yeah. Six, seven weeks. Yeah. Seven. Okay. Just a, right at seven weeks. Yeah, so cool, it's cool. Coming fast. So we're trying to get everything ready for that too. So stay yeah. fairly busy with that. Um, you just released a short film. Yes. Um, what was that for? So it's a class I'm taking for my mass communication degree called media production. Um, it's a class required for my major. And so I took it not really knowing what I was getting into. And basically it's a class where you learn about film, um, specifically kind of the, the process that filmmakers use as they go through and make a film. So we learn about like the pre-production um you know casting getting your actors writing your script and then we actually go through the production where you're actually filming all the technique and theory behind that and then right now we're in the post-production stage where we're learning about editing techniques and stuff like that so it's been really really fun so what what was the inspiration behind the one you did it you know i've thought about this before it seems like when you take classes that like this one where the the whole semester is dedicated to one project it seems like within the first week or two you have to decide what you're going to do like you got to do that fast so that you have enough time to work through it and so it seems like you kind of make a decision not knowing what you're doing you just pick something and that's how this felt um we just we had to come to class one day with like a pitch for a short film and so i made something up and pitched it and then that was just kind of what we went with and it actually turned out really great but i mean the vision behind it was not super well thought through, but it was like, it's one of those things where you just start working somewhere and then you just develop it as you go along. It was kind of the same way with last semester, I took a research class and like we had to pick our research project in like the first couple of weeks. And you're like, I don't even know what we're doing, but I'll just pick something. Yeah. But I mean, it's fine. It just, it's something to build off of, which yeah, that was kind of the, the reason, I guess the space that I had to come up with something. And so I picked um, my, my plot. I kind of built it around um, Brandon Byler, our friend. Yeah. 
made him into an actor. And I just envisioned this role of a guy named Pete um, with Brandon playing the lead role. And so kind of built it from there. Yeah, it, it reminded me of, have you seen the movie, The Truman Show? Yeah. I like it, it had echoes of Truman Show. Yeah. In it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So no, that's cool. What, what did you, um, like, is that, is that something you would like to get into more in the film wise or journalism side? Yeah. Filmmaking is something that I would, or vid- I should say videography is actually something I would really like to pursue, I think. And um, this class definitely helped me to figure that out because it's, it's not something I had done at all before. Um, I have this Nikon camera that I bought like four years ago to take pictures. I was into taking pictures, photography for a while and I considered selling it and I just never really got around to selling it. And so I had that on hand when this project came up. And so that's what I used actually to do all the filming. And I was really glad I had it. And man, yeah, I had a blast making this. And I actually, I've, I've been doing a little bit of other filming. Um, I don't know if you've seen the, the little project I did for the way ministry, the way youth ministry, yeah. it was just a, a video of us um, passing food out over there in Seneca. Oh, okay. I saw the other one. I didn't see that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then actually for another class called Film Genre, I'm also doing a project. And I think I'm going to do a documentary about Seneca and the tornado that went through. And so, yeah, just kind of these different things coming together. It's making me put my hands in videoing things. And I'm actually figuring out that I really, really like it. Yeah, that's cool. Your camera can can handle all the videoing? Um, It's not really ideal, but it kind of works. I don't know if you noticed when you watch the short film that like um, the intro, like the intro credit, was like full screen. And then when it actually went to our video, it shrunk it down a bit. Oh, okay. But that was just because of my camera. I think it's not a full frame camera. But yeah, okay. so, yeah. Well, speaking of film, have you, um, we've had a lot of time at our, I mean, you just have a lot of time on your hands or a lot more usually. Have you seen um, a good movie or TV show or read a good book that you would recommend? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I just watched a movie. Oh, yeah. Actually, I just watched a few movies. Um, me, let's see. Yeah, so we watched Interstellar. Have you ever seen that? Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. yeah I, I love that movie. I love Matthew McConaughey just in general. Yeah. He's one of my favorite actors. Yeah. Which someone told me is weird because apparently he's like a, a girl's favorite actor. Yeah, that, I heard that too. So. I oh, think well. cool. Yeah. But yeah, Interstellar was great. It was like super long, but yeah. it was worth it. I liked it a lot. And then I also watched Dazed and Confused. It's a definitely a lesser known movie, kind of made in like 1993. Okay. And it's about, um, it's cool because it's set, it, it just goes through one day. So it's the last day of school for these kids. Uh, I want to say in the 70s, I think in the 70s. And so it's just about, what teenagers did in the 70s they ride around in their cars smoke a lot of weed drink a lot of beer have parties <laughs> that was good though dazed and confused yeah yeah it was good. good uh i've been working on the same book for quite a while it's this book that um our pastor jd allowed me to borrow it's called unfortunate words of the bible oh yeah have you heard of that did you read yeah. that uh i've read i mean i have like two chapters of it yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's pretty about. cool. He just he takes words and I guess really more concepts like and like traces and hell and yeah. salvation and image things like this. And then yeah, it's been really really helpful, really good book. Uh, 
WP Wagonfur, something yeah. like that. I think yeah. it was the guy who wrote it. So yeah, yeah that's kind of what I've been watching. And then we also just started last night this um show called Wacko. Have you seen that on Netflix? No, but I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's about um mm, <laughs> I want to say Jeffrey Dahmer, but I <laughs> think he was a serial killer. Uh David, shoot, I should know it. But David something. He's this like Christian, very strange cult leader in Waco, Texas. Oh, okay. I remember sort of event where like the FBI go in and raid and anyway, so it went we're in south the first pretty episode. Fast. Yeah. Yeah. Very I remember I, studying that in psychology. I think everyone class. is gonna die in the end, but I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we yeah, we studied that one in psychology class. Yeah, actually. I think we did see that in psychology. Yeah, yeah. How about you? What have you been seeing or reading? Um, let me think. Okay, I saw one movie that I loved, but I would definitely put a qualifier. It's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and A Quiet Place. You've seen that, right? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. I, watched, I absolutely loved it. Um, it's fairly terrifying at parts, so I would I would definitely only watch it if you're up for a scare. Um, that comes <laughs> yeah, with well, it. yeah, that's, it is pretty scary. I hate scary movies, and I didn't, like, hate that movie. So it yeah. was wasn't too bad it's definitely tense for sure yeah the, that would be more, like, i hated not, the scene where she's going down the stairs that was the worst one with the I, nail. I had to just, yeah. yeah i had to turn away one night because yeah. I, I was like i they foreshadowed it i know what's going to happen and that i just had to look away for that one so if you can handle it it's a fantastic movie i absolutely yeah, love john it. krasinski i know he's one of my favorite actors so mm-hmm. no the the like the um yeah, you just need to go watch it but the i don't want to do a spoiler but the scene towards the end, it was just a well, it's, it's interesting that there's like, I mean, there's like 20 year lines in the whole movie. Like there's, there's just hardly anything said in the whole movie. Yeah, it's one of the li- like least dialogue filled movies I've ever seen. It's so quiet the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Even like there's not even music a lot of the time, no, like really, background yeah. soundtrack music. And mm-hmm. yeah, and then it just climaxes with the iconic John Krasinski scene with his kids at the end, which just I thought was perfect in every way. I just yeah, I mean, I don't think we'll like ruin it too much. I think it's it's cool because like I think the ending scene. I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I mean, the ending scene is like it's redemption. It's yeah. not so much hope for the future. Like things are still yeah pretty bleak, and they're probably all gonna die. But it's it's like he needed the redemption for his kid. Yeah, yeah. No, that was the coolest part I think for me. And yeah, that was the interesting part too. Like you don't ever get the history of where these invaders come mm-hmm. from and you never at the end of the movie know how they're going to get past them you get a little spark of hope that they figure out a little bit of a way to at least engage with them and yeah that's right yeah, yeah, not yeah. Be destroyed by them but no so it yeah it was just the yeah it was just i i was i was thoroughly enjoyed watching that movie and it'll definitely keep you on the edge of your seat but yeah the the paradigm for fatherhood there at the end with john krasinski i just i loved it yeah, it was cool. I think it's, it's an image I'll stick with you. So anyway, if you can handle it, I'd say go watch it. Um, yes. As far as what I've been reading, um, I've actually been reading a book. I'm in the middle of four books, but the one I've been reading oh. most recently. Yeah, that's how I, I do. I don't know why. Uh, I've been reading a book by Russell Moore. I know we've talked about him before, but I was reading a book. He's got, it's a new one that's out um, called Storm Tossed Family, I think, or something. How the Cross yeah, I heard him talk about that on a podcast, and I thought that book sounded really good. Yeah, I so. read it. I just wanted to read it and um, I don't know, just thinking a lot about family stuff right now um, and just thinking of 
um, paradigms of how to think about it well and stuff like that. So it, that book's been really cool for that, and I would recommend it. It's well written. He's a, I mean, he's he's very engaging, very articulate. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what Russell Moore. I don't know. I don't think he holds the title anymore, but he was the president of the Southern Baptist Ethical. Yeah, he still is that. Um, the is Ethics and okay. Religious Liberty Convention. Yeah, yeah. I forget what PRLC. I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's the president president there. So no, he's a really cool guy. I, I have a lot of respect for him, and it's a good book. So I'd recommend it if you're wanting to read a book about family. Sure. But that's what I've been up to. Yeah. What about music? Have you been listening to anything new or interesting lately? Uh nothing really new. I've gone back to some oldies. Um, I've been actually there's an artist on Spotify. Like I don't know. Like it, I've actually kind of enjoyed like when I'm exercising to it's this band called Streetlights, um, and they do like kind of like a um, just like a chill beats um, music with um, and then they just like recite the psalms. Uh, so it's actually been pretty cool. I've I've gotten into just listening to them um, when I'm exercising or something like that. It's just it's it's um, I think it's a pretty cool resource. That's cool. I've been listening to just recently, not not for a very long time, but Death Cab for Cutie. Have you ever heard yeah. of it? Yeah. Yeah. Switchfoot did a cover of one of their songs called Transatlantic. Oh, okay. Which was really, really cool and kind of really fitting for kind of the time that we're living in. Yeah. And so from there, I, I picked up their album and I've been listening through it. They've got a cool sound. I like them. Yeah. Yeah. I only know two of their songs, but those two that I've heard, I, I like them both. So what have, what have you been... Um, What's it been like for you sitting back and looking how the world is reacting to Corona? And it's just, it's really, um, it's a lot. <laughs> it's confusing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it seems like maybe we're, we're starting to get towards the top and come down on the other side a little mm-hmm. bit. I don't know. Um, I thought it was interesting. I've seen Georgia, which is the state that we go to school in, obviously. Georgia has been really lifting its restrictions, but yeah, um, many people are, are giving the governor, uh, Brian Kemp, a lot of criticism for that. And I haven't seen Trump. Trump said some words. He wasn't too impressed with the governor's decision there, which, yeah, uh, I, I can understand why. I mean, Georgia is not really on the downhill swing as far as I'm, as far as I know, like they're, yeah still a pretty hot state and then you know you have a lot of people talking about this herd immunity thing mm-hmm. which maybe seems a little ethically dubious to me but i don't yeah, yeah i don't know man what about you no it's i don't know it's it's I, i'm with you in that it's been i mean it's been confusing and i think about the other day i was like man it's kind of lame like they're not lame but yet it is kind of in in that the way I keep up with news right now can almost be the way I would have kept up with sports. Um, and <laughs> like, it's kind of because there's no sports right now. So that's my thing. I, I keep up with at a, at more at a, like a keep up with it. Like I would keep up with sports, but no, it's been interesting to me. I don't know. Um, I guess for me, like just trying to sit back and observe like how people arrive at the conclusions that they arrive at. Yeah. How, like most everybody that arrives at a conclusion would probably affirm that they've been trying to 
um, follow the facts, where follow the facts and the truth wherever that may lead them. And how that has led to so many diverse opinions. Um, so I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about like, I don't know, it seems to me that that it's kind of a myth that you can live off of facts. Um, and so, because a lot of the stuff I've read, like there's always a statistic or a fact in there, which sometimes they're not well-researched and all that, but it just doesn't seem like the way people say, we just need to get back to the facts of the matter. Kind yeah. of thing. Like, it just seems to me that that's almost a myth that you can even do that and analyze all the facts and come to a, you know, a conclusive theory about what's going on. It seems more than anything that people, you live by narratives and those facts will, you can adopt those facts into whatever narrative um, you see the world with. And so I don't know, I've just been thinking like, I don't know, it just in theorizing how it just doesn't seem possible to live strictly by trying to read facts. Like you have to yeah. live through a narrative. And that seems to me where the dominant differences of opinion come in. Sure. I think it's really interesting how <laughs> it seems like no matter where someone lands, um, they always have conceptualized themselves as in the middle because it's like no matter almost no matter how far you go in either direction, you can always identify people who we would conceptualize as being left of you and being right of you. And so within your own framework, like you are in the middle, like you are the one who's in the middle of the road. There's crazy people to the right of you, crazy people to the left, and you're the one who's reasonable in the middle. Yeah. And like, it's so funny how, I mean, when it, <laughs> like this is anything like ideology or like the way you dress or the way you spend your money or whatever, like you always are going to look at the people on both sides and justify yourself as taking the, you know, the golden mean, the, the middle road. And I don't know. I've just been, I think lately, just making an effort for myself, like to try to step back just a little bit farther and like, and like, it's okay to admit that you like, you're pretty far right or you're pretty far left. Like it's okay to realize that like, you're not walking that center line. But yeah. um, what you were talking about earlier reminded me, this is a good discussion. I, I kind of got into um, twice in the last couple of weeks was, you know, this idea, like you said, that we can know, I think you said that you can know the facts or live by the facts, but kind of the way it was um, articulated in the discussions I had was like knowing the truth. Mm -hmm. So um, there was someone I was talking to who was saying how you know, they always tell the truth. And like, that's kind of a thing that they rely on is they always tell the truth. And I was, I was kind of pushing back a little bit and saying, I think it's, I think it's fair. You can say, I always be as honest as I possibly can. Right. You know, I always, I always speak as honestly as I can, but I don't think you can say that's the same thing as I always tell the truth. You know, because, yeah, I've been realizing <laughs> we got a lot of training in our high school about um, postmodernism and it's evil, but I don't know. This sounds a bit postmodern, but I don't really think you can tell the truth very well. I, you can you can be an, you can be as honest as you can, but I don't really know what it means to tell the truth. Because I think it's much better for us to conceptualize truth as a person, the person of Jesus Christ, rather than, you know, like the summation of all the right facts equals the truth, right? Like the truth is a person and you be as honest as you can, but you have to realize that nobody has a grasp on the truth. And so that's something I've been thinking about a lot. And I, I think it, it's really bore its head um, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's where, 
like for me, I know like movements I had to make and kind of similar to you is like, I got to a point where I felt I really had to step back from this and, and give a whole lot more humility to my opinion than, yeah. um, than I first thought was necessary to it. Um, and I don't know, that's like what you're saying about even like how we conceptualize truth like that, that has seemed to me to be kind of the mystery of it. Just seeing how many people, okay, I think it just makes people feel good and it can make me feel good when you feel like you have the inside scoop on reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that comes out in- Well, yeah, and then, but I think, sorry to break in, but like when, when you when you think that you do, then you just, when you find people that don't agree with you, mm-hmm. you try to bang them over the head with your, your supposed right. truth, right? Right. And if they don't see it, it's just because they're in denial of the truth. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's kind of circular that way. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that's, and like, I totally get that. Like for me, I could, I can get in the same trap where like, it, it does just feel good. You say, you know, you kind of think, okay, I have this exclusive way of seeing the full breadth and scope of what's going on. And I can speak fairly objectively to someone who sees it differently. Um, but no, I was reading a piece too, that got me thinking that was really good. Um, written by Ed Stetzer uh, mm-hmm. on his blog that it's, it's really cool. Um, but he just talks about how like basically um, suspicion or, or, okay. When you think of, so I've seen a lot of the distrust of um, mainstream media and the government specifically from a lot of my friends. Um, and it seems to me that like being cautious and not being cautious, but just being really thoughtful and critically thinking um, is synonymous with being um, cynical about everything that's going on. Um, I forget how he puts it in the article, but I would, yeah, it's a good article to read. But just saying at this time, yeah, he's just saying like at this time, like it's not a spiritual gifting to, to try to be that person and and say hey i have my sources you have the inside scoop and um or or like how it can make you just instead of just being thoughtful and critical how you become overtly suspicious and mistrustful that's unwarranted um anyway i'm putting him i'm doing a bad job summarizing what he was saying but it was really good yeah so i'd like to read this piece um i follow this guy on facebook his name is brian culkin and I, i don't really know that much about him but I've, I've been enjoyed um, reading kind of his takes lately. I know he's an author. He's written some books and stuff. But uh, so he's talking about um, hardcore conspiracy theorists and religious fanatics and how they're actually a lot similar. So, so yeah, I want to read this. He says, hardcore conspiracy theorists, unquestioning readers of the New York Times and religious fanatics are so much alike, even in their considerable differences. What links them all is their hysterical demand of the symbolic order. Their mutual demand that reality itself should make perfect sense, that it should be fully consistent. The conspiracy theorists just know that there is an email trail from Bill Gates, the director of the Wuhan Institute, um, to George Soros, right? There is like a direct trail. The faithful New York Times reader just knows that if science can do its work and discover a vaccine, then everything will be fine. The evangelist knows that if they blow on the right, uh, that if they blow on the right coronavirus mm-hmm. and say the right prayer, all the right, all will be well. These people hate each other so much, not because they are so different, but because they are so much alike. An authentic religious disclosure is literally the opposite of such a position. 
but what it shows us is not so much the truth, rather the fact that symbolic order can never be consistent. It reveals a gap, a radical break in the order of things, not something that can be put into a log logical chain of signification like a vaccine or an email trail. And that gap is exactly where our freedom lies. That is where we can love and care for people. That is paradoxically the place from where we can speak truth and make sense. So uh, we don't really have to get into that, but I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it lends to the fact that, you know, if you're looking for all the right sources and all the right facts, mm -hmm. and the right data to arrive at the truth, um, I don't know that you're really going to get that far, but it's, it's kind of in the not knowing and in the gap that you're actually allowed to love people. And that's where you actually can find your freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like where the, the humility of it lies, because um, I think it's Brandon O'Brien. He talks about how the human, how a lot of what, how we understand the world right now is through like a single story narrative, mm -hmm. uh, which basically like you're trying to get down to being able to understand the world through one simple, single story. And so like you impose that single story on everything yeah. you read mm -hmm. and everyone you see instead of realizing that there's a million different stories and that it's it's complex and it's hard to take a step back and and try to be humble about the ways you are trying to speak truth as best you can see it um but no that's yeah no that's really good it reminded me of um there's a, a prayer i i came across it a long time ago but i saw it resurface over this time I, um was really good it's thomas merton but he just said um he was just like my Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going because I don't see the road ahead of me. Um, I don't know where, for certain where, where it will end, nor do I really know myself. Um, and the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean I'm actually doing so. But I do believe that my desire to please you does, in fact, please you. Um, anyway, um, so it's just it, that just it's a really humble prayer that I think is just it's great for anybody to be praying at this time but yeah it is it is complex it is hard um and i don't think there's yeah. a way around that and i think sure, you have to somehow sure. yeah but in that within that space of trying to figure that way out is the is the true space for us to learn things like humility and courage and loving our neighbors um is how we can really truly learn how to do that within that yeah you know i think it's so important that we do that we do in some ways step in mm -hmm. um into the argument, into the debate, into the tension of, you know, trying to figure out what's right. And this is something I've actually been thinking about for the last, last several months is that, you know, like by definition, you will inherently be wrong the first time that you step up to the plate and try to figure things out. And, you know, it's, it's that old saying, if you don't have something nice to say, then don't say anything at all. Like, I think that's, I think that's completely wrong in this situation. So like when you're taking up a new craft, um, you know, if you're like a new songwriter, a new artist, or like you want to be a political commentator and you're stepping into that for the first time, like you have to understand that when you start, you will be wrong. Like you just, mm -hmm. you don't possess the qualities that the experts possess, but I don't think that should stop us from trying. And so I think the key there is to like to try with humility in a way that you're probably wrong about it, but you're not an idiot. You know what I mean? You're not, yeah. you're not a jerk about it. And so step into that space try to come up with answers, try to put forth an articulation that's helpful and that makes sense. And that is as close to the truth as you can get, but do it in humility and realizing that you're becoming an expert, you're becoming better and you're yeah. doing this in your own growth and process. It's okay to be wrong, but don't be a jerk about it. Right. No, I'm glad you said that because that was one thing too. Um, like you can fall on the ditch 
because I've seen this some um, and where you pull yourself back and say, hey, you know, and you recognize some of these things, um, you know, how it is complex and how there's this side saying this side and this side over here saying something else. And you kind of pull back and say, well, hey, it is complex. We have to have nuance, all that kind of stuff. And then you just kind of sit on your armchair there and you right. don't actually enter into that and try to make it better. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a danger too. I don't, I don't think you can do that and be a, um, and be like a, a good citizen or a good neighbor by, do, yeah. by doing that. So that's great. That, that That's step number one, I think is just kind of, I mean, or just kind of the first way to process it is recognizing that, but you can't sit on your, we talked a long time ago, just about, you can't, even on theological issues, you can't just sit on your armchair um, while it's being hashed down. Like you do actually, to be a participant, you have to enter into it to try to make yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, no, I'm glad you and said I mean, I think, I think that's what we're doing with this podcast, right? Like um, we're better now at podcasting and about sharing our opinions and about trying to make sense of, of what's going on in the world than when we started. And it doesn't mean that we're, we're necessarily that good at it now, right. but we would not have gotten better if we would have never started, you know, and we're better than when we started. And hopefully by the end of whatever we do with this podcast, we'll be better and we'll be moving towards what we're going to become in the future. I, I think that's, what's important. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's good. And um, yeah, I think that's a good place we could kind of wrap up today, but that, yeah, I hope that's helpful to people who are listening. Cause I know it can just be hard to know where to put your voice out and to know what spaces are good places to put your voice out. Yeah. Um, especially like, I think the hardest one for me to decide sometimes is social media, like knowing when is this a space that can be, that I can use this space in a redeemable way. Um, and engage in a redeemable way and then what are the times that you know what if I enter into this space it's going to be better off if I just didn't because um, I think there definitely are those times um, yeah so yeah you know <laughs> yeah I know you said we need to wrap up and you're right but this this brings me to one of my soapbox issues oh yeah, so I'll just yeah. Do it for a second but um, one thing that I just really it drives me crazy is have you seen the emoji where it's usually a girl but it can be a guy too and it's just a little emoji of the person like shrugging their shoulders yeah 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 you can text with it you can use it in social media but it just it, it just drives me crazy and i really don't appreciate people they'll they'll post these like really passive aggressive statements yeah on facebook and they'll just throw up a little i don't know like this is just me <laughs> and it's like if you're gonna say something pointed and aggressive like at least be be courageous enough to say it and invite people into that space to debate you or say something to you but like don't just say something that's just like taking a shot at someone and then put the little, I don't know, emoji, like, I don't know. So I think if we could just all yeah. stop using that emoji, the world yeah. would be a better place. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it, it kind of reads like a punch below the belt. Yeah. You know what? Maybe I'll link Chesterton has a great essay about prefacing things you say and how you should not do it. He, he like, he says like, you should never preface a comment with, okay, I know this is going to sound stupid or yeah. I hope this doesn't make anyone angry because like, that's obviously what you're about to do. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. We'll, we'll have to link that in the show notes, but yeah, I'll do that. Well, good talking to you, man. I hope yeah. uh, quarantine treats you well. Um, yeah. As well as can be treated. Social distancing, if not quarantining. Yeah. 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 At least social distancing. So I feel like we all use the word quarantine so loosely. The poor, poor people who actually are in quarantine. I know. <laughs> <laughs> i know but no it was good talking to you and we hope all right man um thanks to all who tuned in and listened as well hope you continue to find ways to enter into discussions and debates thoughtfully yes 
So we'll see you guys next week. Uh, stay safe out there.